Welcome to the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate Podcast. What is buyer agency? Let's get into it. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate. Tom Krieger here, uh, buyer's agent, Jill Paddock, the number one buyer's agent in all the team. Jill, today we're going to talk about buyer agency and really what is buyer agency. Now, a lot of people that aren't in our business don't understand what's happening at the Department of Justice level with buyer mm -hmm. agency. And we don't really want to go down that at this point in time. That'll be another podcast for another time or maybe three podcasts. So, Jill, let's okay. just kind of delve into the 35,000 foot elevation of buyer agency, and then let's dig down a little deeper, okay? Sounds so good. In a, in a nutshell, what is buyer agency? So buyer agency identifies which agent is representing the buyer in a real estate transaction. Okay. You know, everybody's familiar with there's a seller's agent, the listing agent, and sometimes people think like, oh, I'll just call that person. I'll call the sign. I want to buy the house. Not always the best idea. Want to make sure that you have a designated agent for you. And the buyer's agency identifies who that is. It is the person in your corner as the one buying that property. Okay. So how do you designate an agent as a buyer's agent? What's that designation you're talking about? So what you want to look for is an agent that you trust, um, has some, you know, able to provide you with good information, good ideas, they should sit down with you um, and talk about the process of buying a home in your state. Even if it's something that you've done before, it's always a good idea to have that sit-down conversation with them. It allows you to get to know them, make sure you're comfortable with them, allows them to understand you, what's important to you. And in that process, once you've gone through all of the, um, you know, how does it work, the disclosures and things like that, then you kind of commit to each other that, you know, I, as the buyer's agent, am the one representing you. It is my job to work in your best interest and your best interest only. And then you are committing to that agent that, hey, anytime I have a question, you're my go-to, you're the first person I call. And it basically, then you've got a person in your corner. You've only got one contact you have to make to help you find that right house. Okay, so is this something you do like on a handshake or when when you use the term designated agent, what I was thinking about is how do you let people know that I am the agent who is representing you? Well, here in the state of Arizona, we have the buyer's agency agreement. Okay. Uh, so there's two parts to that. There's the real estate agency disclosure, which outlines the basics. Um, and then there's the buyer's agency agreement, which gives the specifics about the terms, um, how long you are planning to work together and things like that. But yes, you want to have something in writing that you've signed designating that that agent is working for you. Okay. Now I've heard it called an employment agreement. Is that correct? Yeah, that it can be called an employment agreement. Um, buyer's agency is kind of the one that I usually use and, you know, various states, it may have a different definition, but it's, it's the same concept. Okay. So it's kind of a contract. Mm -hmm. You're agreeing to work for them. Correct. They're agreeing to work with you. Mm -hmm. You're keeping their interest up front. As a buyer's agent, yes. yes okay. What I my number one job is to understand what is most important to my client and to negotiate to make sure those things happen for them. Okay. So what does it mean for the buyers then to have that agency representation? Because I believe that's what you're trying mm -hmm. to say, right? That you're gonna what does that mean? It means that they have somebody who's in their corner. 
Okay. Um, they've got someone who will obviously show them the houses, will work with their lender, whoever they choose, um, to figure out the best terms for an offer on a house that they've decided they want to purchase. And then, you know, obviously write that offer, draft it, explain it, go over it with them, make sure they're comfortable before signing, present that offer to the listing agent in the best possible light. Um, you know, ideally it's their job to explain why it's advantageous for the seller to accept this offer. Once they come back, it they will help them. Uh, we walk through inspections. You know, we schedule inspections, help them understand anything on the inspection report, point them in the right direction to make sure they get the information. You know, I can't, as a buyer's agent, I cannot give you advice or tell you things um, about the house, but I can point you in the right direction and give you resources. Um, then help them negotiate repairs, make sure everything stays on track with scheduling, uh, keep all of the documents going to the correct parties, the title company. There's actually quite a bit that if you have a good real estate agent, they're going to make it look like it was a piece of cake and they did nothing. When in reality, there's a lot of work happening in the background on your behalf. And with a buyer's agency, that's what you're getting. Okay. So um, they're really, if, if I'm hearing you correctly, they're a guide for they the are. buyer to help the buyer from the landmines that they could possibly step on in a, in a transaction, right? Correct. And your guidance is more off stage. And you really want to make the buyer look good on stage while you're off stage, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, part of it is, you know, recognizing this could be a possible pitfall. Let's let's avoid it before we even get there. Um, being proactive rather than reactive. And then if something does happen, helping who the, the buyer understand their different options so that they can choose the best one for them. We're never here to make decisions for them. We're here to give them guidance, give them advice, but ultimately we are here to follow what they want us to do. So what proactive versus reactive, when I hear that in a real estate transaction, what goes in my mind is you're the one up front taking the bullets mm -hmm. so that the person behind you can walk without fear of being shot, right? In right. other words, you and maybe the, the we call them uh, the listing agents, but the mm -hmm. agent represents seller, bar back and forth about the value of the house. Obviously the seller is going to tell you, the seller's agent is going to tell you that the house is worth $500,000 and mm -hmm. you're going to say, no, it's really worth about 200. And you're not going to get your feelings hurt because you both understand this is negotiation. But if a buyer gets involved, they take it personally or right. a seller takes it personally. Right? right. So we're taking the bullets from the negotiating. Yeah. Hey everyone, we want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. We are also realtors practicing equal housing. Now let's get you back to the podcast. Yes, we're okay. kind of like that not okay. emotional uh, neutral party there. And then the other thing I've actually found myself doing is, you know, sometimes a listing agent can have trouble, you know, explaining something to their seller. So helping give them some guidance and, ex you know, giving them the words to help relay something to their seller, if that okay. makes sense. So um, kind of sharing the feelings of the buyer yeah, in a, sharing in a the, nice way. Sharing the feelings of a buyer in a nice way or, you know, trying to explain something in a, in a different way because, um, you know, different th people understand different things. So if the listing agent's, you know, explaining something one way, trying to say like, hey, what about if you took this angle? So really working, again, to get my buyer what they need. Okay, great. So 
why should each side actually be represented? Why can't the seller's agents just work with the buyers? And why do you actually need a buyer's agent? Obviously, besides the negotiating mm-hmm. aspect, but are there any is is there anything else that we should be aware of that a buyer's agent would bring to the table that a seller's agent couldn't? When you're working with a buyer's agent, you're working with somebody who kind of specializes in that portion of the transaction. Okay. So they are, you know, not to say that an agent isn't up to date on everything, but you kind of have a little bit more experience or understanding of the current market with buyers. Yeah. Um, and as far as, you know, you said not having the seller's agent or the listing agent represent both sides, that can make it really difficult. Um because I've actually had a few buyers come through where they did that previously in another state or a previous purchase, and they ended up feeling slighted or questioning at the very minimum, did they really get everything, you know, negotiated on the best terms for them? Did they actually have somebody in their corner? Because the relationship between the listing agent and the seller was in place first. Yes. And so they questioned, you know, I came in secondary, like, so I they felt like they had a little bit of a a disadvantage because they didn't have the same relationship and the same um, length of time, you know, knowing the listing agent. Okay. So agency basically, if you boil it down in the dictionary, Mm -hmm. says that you are representing a party. Correct. You're supposed to put the, uh, what we call our fiduciary Mm -hmm. duties of loyalty and confidentiality, best interest, accounting, so on and so mm-hmm. forth for the party that you signed the agency with. Correct. So in a selling situation, the agent that represents the seller would have to hold those loyalties to the seller. If a buyer comes in and the agent represents the seller, he is saying to the buyer, sorry, Mr. Buyer or Mrs. Buyer, that um, your needs are secondary to my seller's needs. Now, we've yeah. heard things like dual agency. Correct. Okay. With one agent versus dual agency mm-hmm. with two agents. Could you, you know, kind of explain that difference? Yeah. So dual agency, um, I feel like is something that isn't understood completely by a lot of people. Dual agency with one agent is one agent is representing both sides, both the buyer and the seller. And in that case, what the agent is supposed to do is step back and just basically kind of be like the pass through of information which is unfortunate because then neither party is able to really get advice or, or things like that because there's that conflict of, well, they know what the buyer's maximum is to pay, but they can't tell the seller that. They know what the minimum is the seller will accept, but they can't tell the buyer that. So it's more just a pass-through. Um, and you, in order to, to hold that and not play favorites, if you will, um, you kind of have to take a step back on, on your other your other roles or your other your ability to offer advice. Now, dual agency um, with the brokerage is a little bit different. Okay. You can have two agents completely separate. They may have never even known each other. And I've done that. You know, we work with Keller Williams. I have certainly sold a house from another Keller Williams agent that I have never met before. In that case, it's co- it's considered dual agency because Keller Williams is representing both sides as the brokerage. However, each side has its own designated agent working for them in their corner. Okay. Um, we've done things like that even on our own team where, you know, you and I have done this where you have a home that is listed for sale. I have somebody who wants to buy it. 
Um, so we're able to work back and forth. We obviously can't share certain things with each other. It's considered dual agency, but we each work very hard for our client. Okay. So um, dual agency, if I'm hearing you correctly, is a agency that is between the brokerage houses and a consent to multiple representation would be where you are facilitating mm -hmm. the transaction, but not necessarily taking a side. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay, great. So what's the cost versus the loss of non-representation? So, know, give me the pluses and minuses. Trying, words. Yeah. Fancy words. They Fancy make words. Me uh, so, I mean, I would never advise, obviously, trying to purchase a, a home without a, an agent. Um, if you are trying to purchase the house and you just decide to go in up, unrepresented to the seller, um, you are going to be negotiating against their agent who's working in their best interest, is obviously going to have you know skills and knowledge that you don't have and you're trying to go up against them. Okay. Um, if you walk into a new construction home, and this is where I see a lot of people make a mistake. You know, you walk into a new construction home, the agent that's in the door there, it's very pleasant, very nice. They'll build a relationship with you. And what people forget is that person works for the builder. They do not work for you. Um, they will not offer you additional, well, I might be able to get. Um, they won't negotiate for you. They'll tell you this is They'll make it seem like this is the way it is. This is what you have to take versus if you go in with an agent. Um, example, just a couple of weeks ago, I went in with my client. Of course, you know, the builder was offering some things up front. Well, we negotiated. I gave a little pushback after the fact. Uh, we got an extra $7,000 off the house. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. $7,000 you paid for yourself. Exactly. Um, and it cost my client nothing because the builder pays for that. And that money comes out of completely separate funds from the, you know, construction of the home. So if you walk into a builder unrepresented, you're really costing yourself money. Okay. Well, so if I could just paraphrase all of this before we wrap up, Jill. Going to look to buy a house without a seasoned real estate agent is like going to divorce court with your spouse's attorney representing your spouse mm -hmm. and you coming in with nobody, right? With nothing. Yeah. yeah. So we don't advocate divorce, but we do advocate <laughs> representation. But yes, that, was, that is a good example. Yeah. You, you want somebody in your corner. You want somebody that you can call and ask your questions to, and you know that stays confidential. Yeah. Well, everyone, thanks again for joining. And until next time, take care, America. Thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team of Keller Williams, Southern Arizona. If you are interested in buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, we have 5,000 agents across the country that we can connect you to. If you need any free resources, feel free to check out our website at www.thetjkteam.com. We hope you have a great day.